1: and uh i when i listened to it i was like oh my god i totally didn't acknowledge that that's awkward that's gonna sound weird (laughs) um welcome to
2: Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies shows and music from two people you can definitely trust trustability varies by region no guarantees implied. Now, here are your hosts,
3: Chris Atkinson and
2: Jeremy Scott.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take it easy, sweetheart. You looking for me? See you met the twins. Boy, I hear everything they say, ain't you? I guess we both are. How you doing? I'm Oz.
1: Hello, everybody. It's Recotopia, episode seven. I'm Chris Atkinson. And I'm Jeremy Scott. Yes, today's big recommend will be the Batman. This could have gone sideways, obviously. Yes, it could have. It could, could have gone extremely sideways. But uh, uh, we'll be getting into the Batman. Uh, just acknowledge the chat out there watching us live. You guys are amazing. I love What's you guys up, everybody? so much. I love you guys so much for coming out and uh and uh listening to us today. Um so we have uh we'll start off with our small recommends today, our 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 uh you know, the ones we get into just a little bit. It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's
2: small, it's tiny, it's petite, it's wee.
1: Um Jeremy, do you want to kick us off?
2: I will kick it. I will kick it.
1: Can just I couple kick it? A days ago,
2: I saw a brand new movie. That is both in theaters and available on Showtime called After Yang. Mmm. And this movie has stayed in my head, man. Oh, yeah? I told you guys almost as soon as I finished it that I had really enjoyed it. It's uh, a subtle near future. um, Not unlike the movie Her Mm -hmm. in that, you know, there's clearly advanced stuff and tech, but it does still sort of look like, you know, our civilization. And you have Colin Farrell playing a not penguin type character. And he and his family have this helper android guy named Yang. And he's really great with their little girl. The little girl loves him. Um, And he starts to not function correctly. And so Colin Farrell decides to go and try and get him fixed. And when they're tinkering around him and this guy he finds, uh, they find a way to access Yang's memories. Mm -hmm. And the next little bit is essentially Colin Farrell's character periodically watching these uh, memories and starting to see his own life from a different perspective, (laughs) uh, see moments from his own life from Yang's perspective, um, see moments that Yang spent with the daughter, um, but then he also sees a strange woman that he's never met, and she's mixed in with all the memories of his family. And he's like, did Yang have a secret girlfriend? Was Hmm. he capable of a relationship? And from there, I won't say anything more, um, but the presentation of this film is really interesting. It's, it's lyrical. I, I I compared it to you guys, uh, to early Sofia Coppola in terms of long passages where nobody says anything and there's light music and we just kind of get a glimpse of the room that they're in and they might be reading or eating something and you might hear voiceover echoing from the previous scene, uh, a dreamlike kind of film, um, not a straightforward narrative, in almost any sense of the word. Uh, but the coolest thing about it is how casual it feels and yet how many big ideas it left me with mm-hmm. again about humanity and existence. And it's a, a tightrope, I think, to walk, to make a film like that, that can be both breezy and existential. Mm-hmm. Um, this is three thumbs up. If I had three, but Mm -hmm. it's two Mm because I only have two. Mm -hmm. Uh, After Yang, in theaters now on Showtime. Let me see if it's also – I'm sure that means you can also rent it uh, on streaming services that rent. You can also watch it on Hulu if you have a premium subscription.
1: All right. Awesome. And and sorry, I think you said something about Colin Farrell playing some non-Penguin character in this. And I was sitting here like – trying to find something real quick and I didn't acknowledge your joke. And I'm sorry about that. (laughs) There was something like that that happened last week, by the way, there was some joke you told. And I was sitting there. I remember I was looking at something, trying to get something adjusted for the next thing. And, uh, I, when I listened to it, I was like, Oh my God, I totally didn't acknowledge that. That's awkward. That's going to sound weird. (laughs) Um, so, um, uh, yeah. Um, one of my small recommends actually was, uh, was recommended to me, uh, from our buddy Patrick, who uh, from Modern Horrors, who uh, recommended a movie called House with the mm-hmm. uh, number zero and the number three for the letters. Um, I see. And uh, it's a it's kind of like now I, I I've discussed a movie before called The Man from Earth, which was also another movie recommended to me by another person. Uh, this movie has a lot of that in it, where there are. Friends who are maybe haven't seen each other in a long time or a while, who call, uh, who uh, like um, get a party going, basically in this house out in the middle of nowhere, or, or just rent a cabin or something. And the whole thing for a long time is just a lot of discussion. Uh, it's it's a lot of really interesting discussion about things that are possible and everything. Man from Earth is about a guy who is telling about his life. Uh, For thousands of years Basically and everybody's like All right, You can't be serious right you're talking about Living with Cleopatra or whatever You know that type of thing mm-hmm. um, In this one the discussion Comes about technology And what we can do with technology these days And boy you better do Stuff with your passwords and you better Do stuff that makes sure that nobody Can break in and everything And one of these guys uh, One of these guys says uh, You know I I Uh, was able to tap into WikiLeaks and I was able to find out that there's this app that you can put on your phone that shows you like 3 10 like 3 to 10 seconds in the future or something like that and everybody's like yeah right whatever and he's like here let me show you how it works and like there's a they show this guy like going around with his phone and and, uh, uh, like uh, taking images of everything uh around the house and uh and he's like there's nothing different in here and he goes and then he finally finds a lamp that's off in the camera but outside it's it's on and they're like well like you know what and so he he's like what's going on here and he like accidentally touches the lamp or something and the light goes out and uh it's kind of that matrix thing like you know what a really baker noodle is if you you know would have knocked the vase off <laughs> and if you didn't know about that, whatever. Um so they keep experimenting with this, and they keep finding things in the code of this app that they can change the time that uh, is allotted in there. Can they look in the past? Can they look in the future? Can they look further in the future? Because there's limits to what this uh, this program can do. and it and uh, it gets to some really scary places, and I'll let you watch um, I'll let you watch the movie to find out uh, where this movie is headed. Uh boy the chat has come up with a lot of different house movies man there's they no sure doubt have. about it it's like the it's like the IMDB of all house movies are coming up on chat right now yeah. and yeah. uh you all know luckily title. Luckily, this is numbered zero and three. It's easy to find, so you know.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, intriguing. Patrick is going to get a lot of love on this podcast. He is because he's the responsible for my next recommend. <laughs> um, this is a film that I saw mm-hmm. back in 2016, uh, and my memory was that I just thought it was okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And Patrick and I were talking the other day, and he was expressing his love for it, and I expressed my okayness. And uh, he compelled me through his enthusiasm to give it another view. The movie is The Founder, with ah. Michael Keaton. Ah, um, this is actually an, a stellar cast: Nick Offerman, uh, John Carroll Lynch, aka the Zodiac Killer. Um, isn't that the guy that plays the Zodiac Killer? Uh, the yeah, Zodiac he's Zodiac. the he's uh, in
1: know, uh, really he's in Fargo. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. yeah. I'll make you some eggs. Uh, Patrick Wilson, Linda Cardellini, Laura Dern, B.J. Novak. For Pete's sake, it's a great cast. But it's basically about uh, Roy Crock, Ray Crock, Roy Crock, Ray <laughs> Crock. We're on. I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Um Ray Crock, the founder of McDonald's, who actually, according to this movie, essentially stole the franchise from the two brothers who created McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is the 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 period setting is you know what made him attracted to the McDonald's restaurant he found in California when he's out there trying to sell mixers was how fast they got their food out he just wants a hamburger he goes up and orders and they bring the bag to him like 20 seconds later and he's like this can't be mine i just ordered and they're like yes sir we just made it <laughs> and so he finally gets a tour and sees this basically amazing setup these guys have come up with to speed the entire process and serve more customers faster. And then he just slowly, he basically gets them to let him make a franchise, and then he slowly starts expanding, and then he starts expanding without their permission, and then they get into lawsuits.
3: (laughs) Um,
2: The movie's really good. It's better than I remembered at first viewing. But what's great is Keaton. Um, He's outstanding. He usually is, but... Uh, and I think he was nominated for a few awards for this performance, um, but he's really good. If you haven't seen it and you like Michael Keaton, uh, there's some really cool history of the franchise in here, but also he's he's outstanding. Let's see if I can tell you where you can find that movie. Okay. Oh, wait, there it is. Amazon Prime, uh, or you can uh, rent it for three ninety nine on Apple TV or YouTube. It's also on Vudu for free and Tubi
1: yep. for free. Yep. Um the next one also comes from the same vein as The Man from Earth and House. Uh it is called Coherence. And uh this is another <laughs> this is another one where people go out uh, to a house of some sort and they're having discussions and everything. The biggest star in this movie <laughs> this movie is called, is Nicholas Brendan if you can believe it or not. What? Um and it's funny seeing him and I thought I was sitting there i was like okay this movie came out in 2013 did this come out before all of his troubles and apparently he always has troubles apparently they they never end quite yeah they never end uh but coherence is a same sort of deal this time there's a comet that is uh uh passing overhead and they're having discussions about this comet and the power goes out and they go outside and they notice that there's one house that has power and they're like, okay, well, maybe we should send some people out and uh, and see if we can we can uh, uh, get some supplies from this house or like maybe go there or something like that. And then they go over there and they find out that there it all all of the the people who are inside that house are them. Ooh. And so the so they decide not to uh, do anything right away. Of course, they go back to the house, and they're like, "What do we do?" And they're trying to discuss this in a rational manner and everything. And then they send two people out. Uh, they start. They they have to do a lot of things in this movie. I don't want to get too much into the technical details of it, but just suffice to say, there are multiple. there's multiple houses with multiple thems in it and there's that sort of discussion that's going on you remember the two boats in the dark night where you know they're like trying to decide whether or not they need to kill these people or not and all that you know somebody comes up with the idea like well, they're plotting to do the same thing to us. We should probably be plotting to do the same thing back. Tiny
2: says, give it to me. Yeah. I'll
1: do what you should have done in the first place. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Tiny Lister shows up in this movie. No. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh it's, it's 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 very intriguing. I'll also throw in this nugget. There are moments where people from other houses come back to the house that so like you have two people leave and then two people come back but those two people are not the people who were originally in the house so there's a lot of this like intrigue going on back and forth and then by the end there's a lot of like really cool things um if this type of mind bending type of uh movie uh where you'll be going what the fuck's going on oh my god what the shit this is one of those type of movies. The movie's called Coherence. I think, as a, 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 probably because of irony, I guess I don't know because it's one of those where because <laughs> it's one of those movies where where it's like I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I love it. Um and um and so uh so yeah I, I will I will recommend that. So you know some mind bending movies there. House and Coherence. Uh, uh it'd be it'll be interesting to see if somebody put a whole Man from Earth house coherence and maybe even the invitation thrown in as a as a bonus With invitation doesn't have as much mind-blowing shit as the other uh, three movies but uh mm. that's a marathon of similar movies right there so
2: fantastic all right. Well, do we want to move on to yep. uh, big recommend?
1: Go on to the big recommend.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban marshall credit card bill i'm fine i'm fine it's just that you're so big it's so huge it's a good rule but this is bigger than rules it's bigger on the inside is it i noticed
2: this week it is Mm -hmm.
1: yes it's It's the batman
0: the batman
1: um yeah, an interesting uh, entry into uh, this this podcast because we've so far been trying to come up with movies that people haven't been talking about as much um, that you know that we feel like people should know about, people should have uh, interest in. This movie is a you know number one blockbuster. Uh, you know, despite its three hour length, it's it's made I believe over four hundred million worldwide in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and um and so this could have gone a lot of ways. We could have watched it and hated it. It could have been one or the other where, well, you know, one liked it, one didn't. I think we both liked it. I don't think yep. this would fit our normal uh our normal what we would normally do though. I
3: agree uh,
1: with that. Uh, you know, I it's it's kind of an experiment in some ways. So uh first things first, I, I will say that I really enjoyed this movie because it is different from most comic book movies. When mm-hmm. they can, when they set out to make a detective story, they actually made a detective story with this movie. Yes. They didn't have elements of a detective story and called it a detective story. Like, That's you know, right. they did with... Captain America Winter Soldier with the uh, paranoia thrillers thing like oh there's right. Robert Redford's in it. it's a paranoia thriller. <laughs> um but this one is an actual mystery and of course I get deeply involved in mysteries. I love those type of things. I love puzzles. I love uh you know and and it couldn't be a better uh opening villain for this way this is a franchise. I don't know. I mean this could be a one-off for all we know. Um, the way Warner brothers and DC work with their, with their stuff. I mean, I guess it's going to be a franchise, but
2: I'm sure at this point it will be, but it's good to
1: see, it's good to see the Riddler start this off. And, and, uh, and, and, and if I've, if I'm, I don't know, uh, I don't know all the Batman comics I've seen, I've read a few of them. Uh, but is this a, is this a Riddler thing for him to want to impress Batman, Uh, in,
2: um, not in my, okay. I haven't read a lot of Riddler runs, not in my understanding, not in this way. No, Mm -hmm. like where he wants to be friends with him. Mm -hmm. Um, no, Uh, I think there's probably been interpretations of the character that were like that, but I think historically he's just much more of a criminal who blows shit up and steals shit, but uses Riddler riddles to taunt Batman and, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, Somewhere in between this and Jim Carrey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing that's, just, I mean, in, in Batman forever, he is hoping to impress Bruce with that invention, that mind sucking invention that he, that he has. And of course, Val Kilmer Batman is like, uh, is like, uh, I would never uh, create anything like this. This is bullshit. And then Jim Carrey's like, you were supposed to understand yeah <laughs> i'll make you understand <laughs> and um and then there's a is it batman hush that riddler shows up as a prominent character oh uh,
2: yeah i believe so yeah but i haven't
1: read hush i don't remember, I don't remember if that's i don't remember if that's the um uh, if that's another one where he's like trying to impress him but that but there is the line in that one if it's batman hush where Riddler is, where Batman says something to the effect that he's a second-rate villain or something like that, and that shows up kind of in this one. I think he, there's a tossed-off line in there where it says where he says something like that. But um, anyway, I love the detective aspect of this. I love the mystery um and uh that you know batman is is looking for clues and trying to figure out where those clues lead and he's teaming up with gordon it doesn't feel like every once in a while he shows up and then he disappears like he does mm. but it feels like they're more of a team in this than mm-hmm. in other than other previous iterations
2: yep there's even that scene <laughs> i do love that he's really the only cop that trusts batman uh, and there's a couple of tense scenes in that regard. Uh, but then he gets all the cops to leave so he can talk to Batman alone. And he's like, I need you to punch me in the face so we can get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> and they're like whispering all this scene. outside views. It looks like they're having this heated discussion. Um, yeah, it is more of a partnership. Um, that's one of the things that's one of many things i think this movie did better than a lot of previous batmans is that gordon relationship
1: with yeah with batman most definitely that uh that argument scene reminded me a lot of uh the sorry to bother you uh part where they where they're coming up in there and they're, uh, when they have that argument that they're like, I, I wish you well i wish oh, you yeah. well <laughs> that's the, yeah. um but uh yeah that, that's a that's a brilliant scene um, um, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no go ahead. Uh,
2: this movie is too long.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it is.
2: We'll get into more negatives. Um, that's the main thing keeping me from adoring it. I think is is that it feels overstuffed. But what they got right, or what I liked that they did differently, that relationship with Gordon, I think the city feels. More like a character than it has in a long time Mm -hmm. in Batman movies. Uh, I liked the placement. I liked this year, too, where he's been doing it for a while, but he still makes mistakes. He still screws up, and he still goes too far. Um, And I liked the ending. I liked his narrating at the end i think a lot of the hard-boiled narrating there were times where it was a little much for me but it worked more than i expected it to and at Mm -hmm. the end when he's like i need to be more i need to be better um and most importantly this is my biggest happy batman for once in a movie got to be a first responder yeah help save people's lives yeah and not just beat bad guy ass Mm -hmm. um the visuals are outstanding. The music is outstanding
3: mm-hmm.
2: and Colin Farrell, for the win, when they announced they were doing a spin off series for his character before I saw the film, I was like, ah, "I don't know about this and now I'm like, "Yes, that was the correct decision mm-hmm. he needs He needs the spotlight for another movie or a whole series. He stole the whole movie from me, in my opinion, even though you can't tell it's him. It's so there.
1: Yeah. There's only two moments that you can see that it's Colin Farrell and they're always a profile shot of some sort. Mm-hmm. One is when he's looking back in that trailer that you, we saw in the trailer a million times. Um, and then it's, it's another profile shot later, but yeah, Colin Farrell is great in this, especially when they, they think that he's the informant, and they take him out to that out of nowhere place or whatever and then and then they they uh, get on the computer or something and do and uh, figure something else out and then they drive off and they leave him there and he's <laughs> like he's like hey do you remember that I'm at, you know <laughs> do you remember me and um i oh, i was uh, supposed
3: to get home <laughs> yeah I was supposed to get
1: home um but uh, uh yeah i i like that um also like the fact that Batman doesn't just figure something out five seconds after he sees it. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a quality of the year one type stuff where he's making mistakes and things like that. But, um, but it still seems like no matter what iteration of Batman it is, it's like, it's like, boom, I know exactly what that means. And, um, and you know, a, a tool uh, that is used in a murder early on is not, considered uh it's not considered a um a big piece of it uh it's that first murder i believe the mayor yep. murder There the the murder weapon is not considered a big deal or meaningful in, in, in any way until much later on when he finds out that oh okay this is a pattern of things going on a pattern of murders going on we should probably look into everything because everything mm-hmm. has meaning everything well, is trying you know so
2: even Connects that uh, bring a rat into the light line after it's too late.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> after yeah,
2: that guy's already dead, uh, and he's like, "Oh, I just uh, walked right into that one." <laughs> uh, I, I I liked the detective stuff that he didn't solve stuff too soon. I liked the as somebody said in the comments, the Batmobile. I think was a mm-hmm. character in a way that wasn't just. You know, the Tim Burton stuff was fun, I suppose. And I liked the Tumblr in the Nolan movies. But this thing, I love that it appears that he built it himself. Like, it's just a custom car that he built in his own garage with Mm -hmm. tools and anger. Um, I like that this (laughs) Batman is more comfortable being Batman than Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And it's overt. I think that's been hinted at before. But this is... It's directly stated by the Riddler, but but I think it's clear well before then that he is just not comfortable being Bruce Wayne, and he is much more comfortable beating ass with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, and for reasons that may be dangerous, that appeals to me. Um, I, mean, I don't think we've seen, I think, I think Christian Bale's character liked being Bruce Wayne, at least in the first movie, yeah. as much as he liked being Batman.
1: Mhm. Well, he he definitely does. He likes winning and like uh beating people in like business deals and he buys that theater uh or he buys that restaurant. I think he buys the theater too, uh the, the ballet hotel, yeah. or whatever, the hotel. Um but uh you know, I think he does enjoy having lots of money and going around and spending it for sure. And in this one, yeah, he clearly he clearly wants to be behind the mask more more. Um, Pattinson, uh, from what I can tell, uh, from what I've uh, been able to read, uh, uh, some, uh, Matt Reeves wanted to pattern him after Kurt Cobain. And we oh, do hear, we do, we do hear something in the way a couple of times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time that I heard that song used to great effect was in Jarhead, um, wow. which was, uh, 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 which is probably Jarhead's best scene. Um, but uh he he patterned him after that the riddler was patterned after the zodiac killer Mm -hmm. um and that becomes pretty evident as you as you go further on into this uh this is one of those things where i wish we could be more like our buddy dicer and not have seen the trailer Mm -hmm. because uh knowing paul dano is the riddler I, i i i said this to you after we watched this there's the moment where he first, we first start hearing him talk and it's on that video that he sends and he's going way over the top and he's talking. And I was like, Oh my God, that sounds so much like his character. And there will be blood, uh, when he's going over the top in that during his sermons. And, uh, I wish I could have, you know, I wish I could have, uh, uh, not known and like been able to say, I think that might be Paul Dano. And then when he shows up, no be be rewarded with that uh by the end of it in the chat by the way uh they're talking about that car chase scene that is one of the best car chase scenes i have seen in a long time uh i'll tell you why too and this is one that i don't know if he was i don't know what it is but he has a lot of low angle photography during that Mm. Uh, there is and and once you're like sort of on the road speeding it becomes a much more active experience for you for for the viewer there's even a shot i'm sure that they had attached some apparatus to the back of the tire or something like that Mm. and had this shot they had this shot where it was like uh it's like it's it's away from the car but it's following it like maybe they had a vehicle that was following it or something they did something with special effects or something but there was a there's a shot that they goes in there that's just amazing to me. I was like, my God man, what did they do? Did they just what did they do to get that shot? Because it's it's follow it's perfectly following level with that but it's only like five feet away. So it's not on the car unless they built something on it to you know or they just put another car there but it's very steady so i'm like god this is such a really cool that car chase scene is one of the best while we always talk about stuff like french connection and ronin yep. and some people talk about matrix reloaded but um <laughs> but uh but uh, i haven't heard i haven't seen any a car chase scene like this in a long time it's really good
2: yeah it's uh, heart pounding it's visceral it's like you're you're there and mm. you know i shouldn't be surprised because this is the same guy who did That 360 spinning tank shot, Dawn of the Planet of the Age. So he is a man who likes his unique camera angles. Um, You know, in terms of some of the stuff that maybe added to the bloat, there was a whole 10 minutes there, maybe 15. Where he goes to the mobster, and the mobster says the other mobster killed your parents, and he's like, Arr! and then he goes to Alfred, and Alfred's <laughs> like, "No, it was the mobster that told you that that killed your parents," and he's like, "Ah," I'm like, <laughs> he will believe anything anyone says to him at this point. Yeah, I, I didn't need any of that section in there. I think there, at the end, there are a few decisions that feel a little rushed to me, like when he realizes there's more to come and he goes back to Riddler's apartment and realizes he should dig up the carpet and then he mm-hmm. t- he types in a URL, digs up the carpet and types in a URL and then basically there's a video completely expositing everything that's about to happen. Yeah. And I, I realize at that point it's a little too late, but uh, it just felt a little we better wrap up the Riddler's plan. Let's just have him explain everything. And then yeah. we did the flooding of the city, which again, I love the moment where Batman got to rescue those people, but I do all of the flooding that didn't make any sense to me as part of Riddler's plan. Riddler was trying to kill corrupt politicians Yeah, yeah. to free Gotham, not flood the whole city and kill everyone. So he went from, a man with some measure of principle to a mass murderer without any explanation.
1: Yeah. Um and he and and yeah, and while that makes sense that he he that he wants to hang out with Batman in Arkham while this all happens and everything. Yeah, uh, it, it it the whole thing was about hey, we're teaming together, we're I'm taking out bad guys for you and uh, you know yeah um that 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 doesn't make sense at all you're right i mean just to to try to go if you if you hate gotham just go ahead and don't worry about this plan that you had to expose all these different people in a part of a plot um you know do do something else do a whole bunch of terrorism Be, be the joker i guess yeah, um. Well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't. I don't get that either. I guess they had to find. That's one of those things where I'm sure in the in the screenplay they're like, we've got to have something here that happens. You know. Yeah. And, it's and be a big finish. Yeah. And it almost feels like to me that could have been something where. I I don't want to I don't want to blaspheme the Batman universe, but uh have Thomas Wayne be living and and. Oh. and and uh you know riddler is going after his dad at the end or something like that or or a whole bunch of people are on a boat doing a society thing you know and then that's where riddler's got his final plan but yeah this whole mass murdering thing definitely doesn't make any sense i did love that beat
2: where they make you think he knows bruce wayne is batman because he's going bruce wayne Mm. and then he finally goes he's the only one we didn't get and you're like, oh, he doesn't know. And you can't even see it on fucking Batman's face. Mm-hmm. He's like,
1: phew. Yeah, I don't yeah, have to yeah, talk yeah.
2: My way out of that one. All right. Um, yeah. Which is, I like because I think there have been too many villains in Batman films that know, know or find out he's Bruce Wayne. That, mm-hmm. Far too many. Uh, yeah. There
1: was a moment there that I, I did think that he knew Uh, because there's those it it was all those pictures that he had uh, but he was plotting to kill bruce Wayne. you think you were just talking about that i uh i just uh yeah i'm i I never understand like like some of these movies where they're like oh i know who it is like in uh batman v superman where lex Luthor is like i just know who these guys are fuck it
3: yeah (laughs) Yeah,
1: fuck you for asking. Yeah, they don't have any like uh you know, any reasoning behind it or whatever. It's just I'm Lex Luthor. I'm bad. I know you're I know you're the guy, so fuck it. Um Um now they have said some
2: things about the next movie, some hints. Um there's a cameo at the end of this movie and Matt Reeves has been careful to say he does not anticipate that character being a main villain in the mm-hmm. next movie or even a future movie. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to go, uh, directly. I think they're either going to go, I think they're going to go court of owls, which is basically, I think I recommended the night of the owls, Mm -hmm. um, book uh, a few weeks ago in this podcast. Uh, but that's where there's a a secret society pulling strings and they decide that they want to kill Batman and all his helpers or whatnot. Um, but that maybe that's just wishful thinking, I don't know, but i th- I would say this was more than good enough for me to be excited about where they go next,
3: mm-hmm, yeah, um,
2: and uh yeah, I think Alfred was a little underutilized, I yeah, thought. and
1: not only uh, which is weird, right he's underutilized yeah. but also adds to the blow to the movie um yeah. <laughs> that's what's so weird about him is that he's virtually worthless in this, mm-hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and then, and then there's a scene where they sort of like cram him into the narrative because the Bruce Wayne gets that package and, and he's the one who's going to open, he stupidly opens it. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking in that, by the way. Yeah. And then, and, and, and that puts he, he somehow survives that blast, which I have no idea. Then there's like this, you know, forever hospital scene after that. And, uh, so it just, it, that's, that's the type of thing where like, like we understand that, that movies have this clock that is on them at all, always basically where we got to come up with a script. We got to film it. We got to make sure all the people who are in it, get out of there, get out of here so they can do other projects. Uh, we've got to get it edited. We've got a blah, blah, blah for a, a release date that we're telling everybody that is the release date. And so you see those, that's where those flaws come up. I think if they had more time, they would have maybe cut that out or they would have, uh, they would have, that would, that would, that comes from the script phase. They couldn't have cut that out in editing because that's too important. I
2: mean, there's also like a total of eight solid minutes of motorcycle riding in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, the people in the chat are shaming us for not having mentioned Zoe Kravitz yet. And I thought she was great, mm-hmm. uh, but and I even like the final scene of her and Batman riding out respectively on their motorcycles. But prior to that, in a three-hour movie, I don't need a dozen different motorcycle-riding scenes. Yeah. Um, there was just an awful lot of, um, I don't know. I feel like even just some mild trimming uh, here and there could have cut probably 20 minutes off this length. We just linger in some scenes and shots a little longer than I think is necessary. hmm But again, I really, really enjoyed it. I would still recommend it. It's still a a big recommend.
1: There is maybe a reason why we haven't brought... It's not because Zoe Kravitz is bad or anything. It's just that hardly any of that... And most of these episodes, I've just seen the movie. This has been a week now since I've seen this movie. But is there a reason why we haven't brought her up? Is she really... I mean, she's not terribly integral... Really? Is she? Maybe? Well, they
2: tried to do... It's so crazy how much Long Halloween is in this movie. Yeah. The Catwoman's dad is the mobster. and Mm -hmm. uh, Again, that's a subplot. I I think she works great as somebody who works at Penguin's Club and dangerously goes down to the basement club that one time for Batman, but she's kind of a thief, and they're in and out of each other's paths. But once you start making her part of the big finale there, it was kind of a slog.
1: Yeah, I I, the, I think I was thinking about this earlier. That scene, I, and I and I always have to distinguish between why am I disappointed in this scene because I don't like what the character does in the scene, um, or do I not like it because it's not the right choice for mm-hmm. the movie? And I I I kept thinking, man, I want to see her go down there and get all this great information you know from peter sarsgaard and and uh is it Corey stall that's down there too i believe i think so yeah um and uh i and and instead she gets flustered and and uh when batman starts pressing her about the falcone uh connection and everything she goes in the bathroom and basically throws away the device and all that, and I was like, man, it would have been nice if she could have just gotten a good conversation there, and then then come out. And it would have been a little bit more. I don't know. It just felt like it just felt like she was just she does she feels kind of like a throw-in almost, even though she has some parts in there that are integral to the to the solving of this mystery. It just doesn't feel like Batman actually needs her to do that. Um. So. I don't know. I could be completely wrong about that. But that's I, whenever I talk about a movie and it's like, oh, we haven't mentioned this person. I'm like, oh, is there a reason for that? I mean,
2: if this was a comic book, it'd be pretty easy to write that Batman fired a small listening device onto the back of a mobster's jacket as he walked into the club and could just get every all that information himself without needing to send Catwoman in there and maybe get her life risked i don't know yeah but um i didn't have a problem with her performance i enjoy her yeah, as an yeah. Actress. absolutely i liked the uh, red alias wig that she wore <laughs> yeah yep. part. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah what else is there to say anything before we move on to some questions
1: um no i don't think so i mean and just as a i the the other thing about catwoman right is that there's a, a sort of a half and half thing going on where she's kind of bad but she's also kind of good but she's not really right. helping batman and then throwing her into this hardcore mystery story just seems like I don't know it's too much it's it, it's an excess that we didn't need probably yeah. um unfortunately uh unless she's going to actually help and more than she did anyway
2: that's all i have to say about that that's all i have to say about that well before we get into questions We Mm -hmm. both have prepared a surprise double feature since this was sort of a mutual choice this week.
3: Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? A
0: dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone.
1: Yep.
2: Um. Chris, why don't you kick us off because mine is going to sink the show?
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, the movie that I thought about most during this was Seven. Mm. Um, seven's got that whole, you know, serial killer vibe, but it also like with the clues left behind, um, uh, that type of thing, um, uh, is going on throughout and it's, it's a dirty, grungy, uh, you know, world that Batman is, is, uh, walking around in, and uh wouldn't be surprised if if he stumbled on a on a seven type serial killing spree at some point even there's even a point where they go in uh to uh edward nashton i think is how they they call the riddler whatever Mm. um they go into his apartment and there's those books with all the very tiny writing on it yeah and I was like, that's so seven. It's just a seven thing. Uh, no, I
2: thought that was just straight up homage too, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's so on the nose.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm surprised when I was looking at some various things that seven didn't come up. But apparently people have been comparing this movie to seven quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, I have another movie in mind, but I'm going to let you go ahead with your double feature.
2: <laughs> well, I might accidentally spoil it in telling you what I- I like. doubt it could not bring myself to pick. Okay, I'm either going to jail or going to hell. I couldn't bring myself to pick Zodiac, even though that's the right pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You could pair this movie with Seven. You could pair this movie with Zodiac. It would work excellent. I just couldn't bring myself to do it, man, because I got to be different. I got to be weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I decided to take one of my favorite things about the movie, the main character's arc, that he tries to do good, makes some mistakes, Does a little good, only to realize at the end, he could have done so much more and so much better.
1: Passion of the Christ. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Schindler's List. (laughs) Schindler's List. Okay.
2: Because I believe that journey for Schindler is very similar to the journey for Batman in this movie, in that he's actually doing good, trying to do good, doesn't always get it perfect, and then in the end kind of goes, oh, I need to be doing so much more. I failed. Oh, my God. And so, for that reason, uh, I'm sorry if it's like some sort of sacrilege. Um, I uh, I think that would be an interesting double feature to watch two characters in wildly different worlds walk through a similar journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The other one that I thought of, although technically this w- and, and and this is why L- this is why this movie was not mentioned as the as the double feature, but L.A. Confidential, um, especially the book this is why the movie would not fit in with this, but Mm. the, uh, the movie LA confidential is awesome. Of course, the book has more, has more connection to, um, edmund exley's dad and what he did in the past and how it connects to the night owl killings Mm. um whereas the movie keeps his dad as sort of an angelic type of figure interesting um and everything but in the book uh his dad is is sort of a part of the dirty dealings of cops and politicians back in the uh back in the older days um and uh and so this movie has the same kind of uh deal going on where a a mystery is is being solved and the person solving it their father was part of the dirty dealings going on back in the day Interesting. um so LA Confidential also uh feels like um feels like a good one but i don't know if the movie itself would be it would be, you, you would read la confidential and then watch the batman that would be that double feature all right so, i think uh, that works yeah i like so, it um all right yeah let's go on to the questions Question. Question. Yeah. i got something to say i
3: want
2: the truth i am listening well and again real quick before questions i wanted to mention next week's big recommend which if i'm not mistaken is actually going to be our best of the 2021 year in review discussion with our friend Aaron Dicer.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um,
2: And we will still be here uh, live with you beautiful people who wish to show up uh, at 11 a.m. Tuesday, the 22nd um, Central Time. Now, we can move on to questions. Yeah, let's do it. Are you ready? All right. Who are some of your favorite movie characters who rarely or never speak. I think we've done variations of this in the past, but uh, it's easy to pull multiples for this.
1: Yeah, I think we have, although um, I think this is the first time I'm going to mention Silent Bob. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, it's an easy answer, uh, but especially in Chasing Amy, uh, just because of how uh, how he's silent, 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 and then, like, has this huge monologue about how he met this girl named Amy and how he fucked up that relationship and everything. And it just comes out of nowhere. That that was my... That's my favorite uh, part of it. I also like how they reference it later in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where he's like, oh, you talk anytime when they talk that, just pull out that stupid Amy story, but, you know, you can't do it when, <laughs> you know, when you telling me what, uh, you know, when he's trying to figure out what the sign, what he's trying to... The sign on the car said um but uh yeah silent bob is 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 uh, uh a lot of fun so uh i will go with that
2: very good answer very good answer i don't have as many good stories for this because this guy says even less than silent bob but i'm going with the yarp narp guy from hot fuzz yep yep who's like a evil henchman and who i think is even the hound, in he, is the hound.
1: he is the hound he is
2: the hound and all movie long he only says yarp or narp I mm. think it's mostly yarp
1: it's yarp he says in fact i don't think he says narp it's simon peg who end, ends up saying oh, narp ends over the radio or the phone or whatever That's so, right. <laughs> so uh yeah
2: oh man that makes me laugh that movie is such a genre bender i love it
3: mm-hmm. all
2: right um, let's move on to the next this will be an interesting call back to earlier in the show now uh, who is the evilest character in your opinion
1: yeah so um <laughs> in in Schindler's list um, I, obviously the unseen character behind behind the scenes is the evil probably the most evil character in this whole thing but i don't think hitler actually shows up in Schindler's list anywhere if he does it's it's uh you know it's Mm-mm. a like archive footage or something like that uh but uh amon gett who is played by uh ray fines in this and you know he he just kills indiscriminately um you see him the very first scene you see him he's on top of his balcony shooting just random people random jews in the in the in the camp and um but I think what makes him the the most evil character is that speech. And I'll go ahead and, and say what that speech is. When they go in and they ra- raid the Krakow slums, mm-hmm. and uh, it's at the end of it, he goes, Today is history. Today will be remembered. Years from now, the young will ask and wonder about this day. Today is history, and you are part of it. 600 years ago, when elsewhere they were footing the blame for the Black Death, Casimir the Great, so-called, told the Jews they could come to Krakow. They came, they trundled their belongings into the city, they settled, they took hold, they prospered in business, science, education, the arts. With nothing they came and with nothing they flourished. For six centuries there has been a Jewish Krakow. By the, by, this evening those six centuries will be a rumor. They never happened. Jesus. Today is history. And uh, it's one of the most crushing parts of Schindler's List, that speech. Um, it's something that will uh, infect you to your core when you see it. I do think it's
2: interesting that you chose a real life Nazi commander mm-hmm. and I chose Hans Landa.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: A, a, a fictionalized version of arguably the same man or a similar man. Um, and what makes Han so evil, in my opinion, is his outward kindness. Mm -hmm. The honey he uses to lure you in before the trap closes. Um, Just one of the very best introductions to an actor I've ever had in my entire life. That's the first time I've ever seen this guy in anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's... So good. And I, from what I hear in real life, the exact opposite. Like he's apparently just a really gentle, good soul. Um, but yeah, I also wrote down that the devil is technically a character in several films. Sure. Um, and he's pretty evil.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and in our right. chat, we even had Al Pacino and Devil's Advocate was pitched. Nice. Uh Oh, Doc, Umbridge. Yeah, Professor Umbridge, definitely. Clancy Brown from Shawshank. My God, yes, is an evil, evil good prick. Dr. Evil. Yes, um, Dr. White. Oh, <laughs> And, uh, and Jean Valjean, uh, who could forget Jean Valjean, um, from uh, Evil Les Misérables.
2: Stealing Yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, go on to uh, I guess go to the next one.
2: All right. <clears throat> what do you think is a movie whose impact influence is greater than the movie itself? My maybe controversial choice would be Batman Begins because it really started the era of grounded reboots, origin stories for better or worse. If I'm looking at the movie itself, while it is great. The action is not very good, and neither is
1: Katie Holmes. yeah <laughs> <nah. laughs> Um. So, uh, for me, this might be Blade Runner. Um, oh. I have never heard of a movie more often in my life where people have said, I've watched it multiple times and I just don't see what's good about it or great about it. Um, but it has so much influence in the way we make futuristic cities and, uh, and dystopias and, uh, you know, um, it's, it, it has a lot of like good to it. It's just that when you watch Blade Runner on its own, you're either, I mean, I don't know, there, there's people who are either completely sucked in by, by that world or they are just not. And if you're not. You're like, eh, "That's was, that's was, that was pretty good. Why was that? Why are people why do people always cite this as one of their favorite movies or whatever?" I've heard this more often with Blade Runner than anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it has a lot of influence. I just don't think it's as good of a movie as people give it credit for. Uh,
2: My Answer is Taken. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think you can have a good time with Taken, but its influence, I mean, you basically have every single 50s and 60s male star and some female stars looking at or making their own kind of taken style ass beating. You got the Equalizer movies with Denzel. You've got every movie that Liam Neeson has made since Taken. There are 19 different ones.
3: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
2: You you've got um you've got the peppermint. You've got the the camera. Uh, Charlize Theron. Uh, Netflix asked. Yeah. TV. You've got nobody. Uh, <clears throat> there's just there's just this mass glut of movies of people in their fifties kicking. And one well, that
1: sort of guided Liam Neeson's own career for a long yeah, time. that's so. almost
2: all he does anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, eventually he'll have to stop and start playing lawyers again. Yeah, like that, so. but,
1: yeah, yeah, lawyers.
2: I mean, everything from. That plane movie to the train movie to mm-hmm. the snowmobile movie to
1: mm-hmm. the
2: the, mm-hmm. the one with the kid and the sharpshooter whatever that just came. I mean, they're all the same movie. God love them. I, I enjoy them all. But yeah. I, I don't think Taken is anywhere near as good as the future it created or sure. influenced in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. We
2: got time for a couple more, right? yes yeah, see what yeah. the uh, fans said on that one
1: uh (laughs) yeah citizen kane i I mean that i mean yeah i can totally see that um it's one of those i don't know I, i think in the modern day when you watch a citizen kane you see so many things in it they're like what's so groundbreaking about this well it's kind of because every like so many movies copied it afterwards now i kind of agree i'm i'm still old i'm still uh i guess young enough to say that when i first watched citizen kane i was like okay i like that i think it's a good movie why is it why do people always consider it the best of course then we're then we start to get into the idea of something being overrated i guess this is another way of saying a movie is overrated mm-hmm. um uh, but you know i don't know citizen kane i've seen it millions of times and and it feels like I come out with something new on each viewing of Citizen Kane. But I, I totally can see that answer. Um, and uh, what else was there? There was another one that was thrown out there. There's a lot of cat talk, obviously. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, sure.
2: Groundhog Day.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hangover. Some, <laughs> someone says Bridesmaids. Uh, <laughs> psycho. psycho. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These
2: are some good answers.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right.
2: Let's move on and uh, we'll see how this one takes up time-wise. Uh, what's a movie that would be elevated with a different score or soundtrack?
1: Yeah, I'll let you go with this one because I could not come up with an answer.
2: And this is a shameful one because I've I've seen the Italian Job way too many times. It's. Mm-hmm. Charming, but it's nowhere near as good as the amount of times I've seen it.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but the soundtrack always bothers me. There's, there's, this always bothers me. There's this Scott Weiland cover of "Money" by Roger Waters. That uh, and there's like um, a Pat Benatar song that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I just feel like there's moments where the scene transitions would kick and punch a lot more if they had either better song choices there's not much of a score at all in this movie it's almost all like song cues Mm -hmm. maybe get somebody to score some of it i don't know i really like that movie i just think it could be elevated with a little bit better music choices
1: there are very few movies that i watch that like i i'll I'll see it and i'm like man if they could have just done something better with this soundtrack, or they did something better with the score. And I even tried to come up with some movies that I just sort of like, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't know, I kind of like the score in that that movie. Um, so there weren't, there I couldn't come up with any. I just, I, I, it's not something that I have thought about. And maybe the next time I watch some movies that are a little so-so, I'll I'll have an answer for this because that's not something that I really consider. But even right. even stuff like I was like sitting there like glengarry glenn ross which is you know which is just a uh it's not a movie that needs a soundtrack in fact there's very little score in it at all Mm. but it has that opening title and that closing title and it's a jazzy score and it's it's perfectly fine for what it does so i was like looking for stuff like that and I just couldn't find anything that like even the smallest of movies uh seemed like they had an okay score or or score wouldn't have made them better so
2: looks like most of the Viewers are making joke takes, I think. Yeah. Someone doesn't like Lin-Manuel Miranda, so they put M- Moana and Encanto on there.
1: Someone says That's adding something. score to No Country for Old Men. That Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Batman. Yeah, exactly. The Batman. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's do uh, a fun one for the last question, uh, and then we'll uh, be done for the day. Um, create your own transformer. Include what you want, vehicle form, name, color scheme, etc.
1: Okay, so, you know, and not knowing everything about the Transformers universe, I'm sure that I just come, I'm coming up with something that has already been come up with but uh mine would be a chameleon one that can blend into the uh outside surroundings and and uh and you know become almost invisible of course of course like movies do they have to have a little bit of a flaw in them or else you know the you know you would you wouldn't be able to defeat them they would just be invisible all the time and and that's no fun so they have to have a bit of a sheen or you know rain causes a problem or you know something like that uh but um uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I this, this car is going to be red. It's a Lamborghini. Nice. And, um, you know, it just, it blends into whatever it touches and that's, that's what I was, now I'm sure, I'm sure there's a million transformers that do this, but that's, I never I don't know s-
3: about
2: that. There is a red Lamborghini in the first run of the cartoon, uh, but he doesn't have any kind of, uh blending in powers Mm -hmm. uh and that's a unique twist i kind of like that Mm -hmm. i went goofy uh so i named mine the benevolator and he's the world's kindest tank (laughs) and he transforms into a robot that specializes in assisted baby births and yoga
1: yes there you go that's a helpful transformer right there
2: (laughs) uh Every now and then, I think it's fun to have goofy questions like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you guys make sure and send questions every week. I check the Discord. I check the subreddit for CinemaSins. Uh, you can email recotopia at CinemaSins.com. Um, and uh, what else do we need to say as we wrap things up, Chris?
1: i don't think so i don't think there's anything that i can think of right now so uh yeah well, uh, we you love guys. you uh love you wonderful people out there next week's going to be the the best of 2021 and yeah, then we'll get we. back to uh, a regular schedule after that so um yeah we love you love you beautiful people thank you so much see you see you guys part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema sins chat with us on the cinema sins discord at discord.gg slash cinema sins or cinema sins twitter at cinema sins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinema sins.com that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema sins.com
2: didn't fuck up didn't fuck up (laughs) did you see probably don't look at twitter every day but did you see that the dude bought tom brady's last touchdown ball for half a million bucks Mm -hmm. and like a day later brady
1: unretired yep yep i did see that Mm -hmm. that's the fastest depreciation in history what an asshole there's an interesting thing going on in uh well I don't I, I I don't know the the full story it's just that it's interesting that there's this poker vlogger named Rampage who I have I've watched his vlogs for a few years and and he started off really small and and uh over the years you see him ramping it up in stakes and winning tournaments and things like that and he's obviously started making a lot of money and he does he does pretty well on YouTube as well um and uh he went into some just just crazy game like you should not if you don't, unless you have probably more than a few million dollars you shouldn't oh, no. go into this one game and uh he he you know I, the, I don't i wouldn't say he did anything terribly wrong it's just that you just don't have the money to to do this type of game man you just don't and he he has his own personal channel and he came on and he was like i just want to be very upfront with you guys like look i'm not broke i'm not bankrupt or anything he's like but that i lost $150,000, and uh <laughs> and and uh, you know it's and uh and i'm working through it and and everything and i'm sitting there i'm trying to think how much money behind do you think this guy has? Do you think he's got enough to lose hundred and fifty? I'd feel like he doesn't. Um, oh man! Like if you had, let's say you had five hundred thousand in the bank, losing hundred and fifty is a massive chunk. Yes, yes. And 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 uh, because of any other expenses that you've started to put on yourself because you have that kind of money. So yeah. I I just I'm just sitting there going, man, dude, this is why. This is why you see people who who pr- have the means they still only play, you know, smaller games because you get into this one where the blinds are like this and this, and they put on straddles, which makes it even hot, ho- makes it even higher, and you start playing games where the 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 average pot is six thousand dollars or so. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, you know, and those things escalate quickly um so it's interesting to me just watching this guys i'm i'm hoping that he he understands that he can't play these games until he's got a huge bankroll like a huge one
2: who's behind the scenes here now
1: who's doing that
2: who's eavesdropping without showing the face just just me Mm -hmm. guys Mm just me i was gonna message you i didn't think you were even here i thought that was like the red line means no why won't you show your face anymore are you ashamed
0: I mean, if you want to see my face, I can show you my face. Oh, no, I just was mm, curious mm. if you were, like, the casual... Let's Tuesday put a or... smile on that face. <laughs> There's a lot of alcohol in the room, and uh, the only one that I knew for sure was a little bit tipsy was Keaton. Oh. Like, he was tipsy at his table, and then when he got up on stage, it was clear that he was loose. He was loose. <laughs> <laughs> he was <ready> to talk, <laughs> so... The only, the only other thing, the only other big reaction in the room that I don't know if it came through on the broadcast was when they, when they announced best animated TV show and it, the winner was what if the room literally boomed. Mm. Oh, wow. It was, it was one of the most interesting things. I mean, like, well then who right? voted for it? I didn't vote right? for
2: it. So many of our franchises are afraid to move on. hmm Right? Like. Star Wars is the poster child for this. Like, yep. you gave us, if you finally gave us somebody. I mean, the the the, the second, this last per, ah, trilogy, the J.J. Abrams basically trilogy, mm-hmm. Johnson, that was basically the same thing all over again until the end when it was literally the same thing all over again. Yeah. But then you give us the Mandalorian, and there's like, okay, well, here's a new kind of newish character, and oh, here's Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you just they can't get away from it now we're gonna do obi-wan kenobi and i'm just like i remember reading a lot of the novels after the first trilogy there was a whole world of possibilities out there and Mm -hmm. they just keep going back to goddamn tatooine
1: um no way home where i i generally shrugged and said that's pretty good but it feels like spider-man ice capades or (laughs) spider-man's on ice because Because it's like, you know, a spotlight comes down and says, and do you remember Toby Maguire? I still
2: haven't heard anybody raving about the first hour of that movie. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but that's not what I'm seeing. All I'm seeing is the raving about the Ice Capade stuff, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure isn't. It looks like Doctor Strange 2 is going to do the same freaking thing. Yeah. And you know, maybe I am just old and yelling at clouds.
1: I don't know, anymore. maybe, maybe it just, just seems like chew the bark off trees. Well, I mean, the, that's the thing, right? Even though, even though I hate the presentation of how they got them back in. Once they start all talking together and they have their own different universes to talk about, that's an interesting kind of dynamic to the movie. But I don't yeah. like this. I don't like this whole "we've got to rehabilitate the the villains" thing. I don't like that at all. That's what that's what they're doing in this. It's like, yeah, no, "Oh, I'm you aware. you actually have like, you know, oh, you really have good qualities. We just want we don't want you to die anymore. So, we'll put you back in." I don't know how that works. How does that work? I
2: don't yeah, No, it doesn't. You know how it works? Multiverse.
1: Multiverse. Although Icarus is like Superman, but Captain Marvel's like Superman, so, you know.
2: Maybe they should have babies.
1: Maybe they should have babies. You're right. Uh and, and as Jeremy Uh, Moves to the side so everybody can see the sleeping kitty on his couch.